Hey guys, welcome to the Change Up Podcast. Josh and Chad here. This is where we talk about culturally relevant topics, but we look at them through an honest gospel worldview. Let's get it. What's up, Chad? What up, Josh? Here we go. Let's get it. A late night roll. <laughs> We've already talked for two hours, so hopefully we got something left in the tank. I know. You <laughs> we should have brought the mics downstairs and talked there. I know. We could have just hung out. Um, so you told me a crazy thing that happened today, so you got to tell the people. What did you see today on the internet? Oh, nothing, nothing crazy. I was just sitting in traffic on 12 like everybody does every day. <laughs> Only difference is, when I got to where the incident was, yeah, it was an airplane <laughs> in the median. <laughs> That's crazy. There was a little like uh, crop duster. I don't know what you call them. A little yeah. like two seater. Yeah, and uh, it was sticking. So I was heading east, mm-hmm. and traffic was blocked up both ways. And there was a plane in the median going north south. Like it was, its tail mm-hmm. was up in the air in the westbound lane, just sticking up. Right. I mean, everyone who's listening can probably look it up on the news. It's already on the news. This is, th- it's to- yeah, this is Thursday. Um, and, but we get there. It's not smoking. It's sticking like a lawn, lawn dart in the grass. Yeah. And it looks like it just came in from the field and just, doom, and right. just stuck, but there's no smoke. Which is kind of crazy because you think if it fell out of the sky, it'd probably blow up or something. Yeah, because the way it landed, there's no runway there. Like it just, because there was trees and then two little lanes of, the, of a road and then boom, it's just in the median. And the median at the, mm-hmm. where it was at is right before the uh, Bogofalaya. Mm-hmm. It's not, no, Chifuncta. Mm. And uh, it was just sticking, in, but the median wasn't big enough and it was kind of a ditch. And so it just like, doop, and just stuck right there. And uh, like no smoke, the windows weren't broken, the wings were a little messed up, but I'm just like, how in the world did this happen? But I, I think it probably landed going westbound. Yeah. And then it looks like uh, one of the wheels just like, it just turned it real fast to the left. And then, yeah. and then that's what did it. So okay. yeah, there was an airplane in the road. <laughs> you don't see that every day. I couldn't figure it out, man. It was like either it landed or someone was hauling this thing and it just got picked up off yeah. the trailer, which is kind of what, you know, airplanes are supposed to do. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. I, I I can say in my lifetime I've never seen an airplane on the interstate. It was crazy. I got a video if anybody wants to see it. I'm just, it's a miracle that everybody walked away. Like yeah, no nobody one, was hurt. Yeah. Well, they landed right, like they landed good on the road. And but even like, that, Hurr. if you're coming into the interstate, like, oh yeah, you it's an emergency it. landing. How do you not like hit a vehicle or something? Maybe you know? they see you and they just stop. I, I don't, don't know. know. I, I that's was, what I'm saying. Like, that's a miracle that it turned out <laughs> as good as it is. <laughs> you're driving along, you look in your rear view, and you see a plane coming in hot right on top of you. <laughs> right. Talk about. I mean, you might have to get some new drawers after that. One. Yeah, you're not prepared for that necessarily. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> goodness yeah all right got a couple take it or leave it's all right first one am i enough uh (laughs) (laughs) 
What's my what's my consequence again if I don't take it? Uh, we have to call Dickie right now, and he's going to give us his. Oh, he'd love that about this time of night. <laughs> he'd be so mad. He's probably deep into a dream right now. Um, so I'll take it so we don't have to. Okay. Uh, am I enough? So the um, popular psychology mm. would address this idea of validating yourself. Yeah. Right? And so... Is that a healthy mantra to go through life? You know, you may feel, maybe you're insecure naturally. Mm-hmm. And so you, you kind of bolster that by saying, I'm enough. You know, I have what it takes to get yeah. this done. Is that ever a healthy, I mean, obviously I know you would disagree with that as mm-hmm. a blanket statement for somebody's life. But is that ever a healthy mantra for somebody? Well, let's answer that with scripture. Oh, Ephesians chapter 2. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. So, no. (laughs) Is there anything, should we be validating ourselves? No. One, we don't have the authority to validate ourselves. Only God does. Number two, if we understand scripture in our flesh, there isn't anything to be validated, right? Or we're sinful. We're children of wrath like the rest of mankind. Um, so, but how do we find hope and comfort? It's through the gospel. But God being rich in mercy because of the great love which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you've been saved through faith. And so, and you go on down, um, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in him. We shouldn't try to validate ourselves. There's no need to, and, and that's actually not possible. But what is possible is being redeemed and renewed and restored back into a relationship with Christ, which we were created for in the first place. And then we, we are to glorify God and love others, and our identity is found in Christ. His righteousness is imputed upon us. And so the, yeah, the doctrine of imputation, meaning it's counted for us, Mm -hmm. given to us, not because of our works or our earning of it, but because of his grace and his mercy and his goodness and righteousness. So we don't need to validate ourselves. We have every validation we need in Christ. But does this mean I can now go and achieve anything I want? No, we're created for his work. He's, we're created in Christ for good works. We're his workmanship. Which God prepared beforehand. So, our the where we find purpose, where we find hope, where we find validation is through glorifying God by trying to to live out the purpose God has created us for. Like we have been created for a purpose. So, we need to achieve what we're designed for, what God's given us to do, and that's in the general sense as a Christian, as a son of God uh, or daughter of God. Um, through the redemption of the gospel. So in general, it's to glorify God, to to be an ambassador for Christ, to share our faith, to to be holy and righteous and set apart in the way that every Christian should be. So there's the general sense, and then there's the specific sense that is really we find out as we are faithful and as we're growing, God kind of directs our steps into specific things. Like, for instance, you're doing campus outreach now, right? Like you didn't set out 
you know, in your lifetime being like, that's what I'm going to do one day. But as you walked with God, served God, grew in your faith, God drew you into this, called you into it, directed you into it, right? Mm -hmm. As you were faithful. And so that would be like your specific purpose. And you really see that as you're going. And then as you look back, like you can look back and see how God prepared you for this and led you to it, right? Yeah. But wasn't something that you like saw the future and decided I'm going to do that. You know? Right. So this kind of one, this is, this is a verse we can go to or a text we can go mm-hmm. to when we're struggling with identity. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, right. Cause really that search for validation right. is, is a search for identity. Yeah. The identity passage that I love is actually the chapter before where it talks about, I call this our identity passage, Christian identity. Oh, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is Ephesians 1, by the way, starting in verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. So there's one part of our identity. So those who are in Christ are blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, right? Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. So another identity, to be holy and blameless. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ. So now we're made a part of his family. We're called sons, daughters, right? Uh, According to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose. So there we have wisdom. He makes known to us the mystery of his will through the scriptures. Um, as a plan, a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we might, so that we who were first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also who have heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance, until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. So we have a guarantee of the inheritance of the kingdom of God, heaven. We get the Holy Spirit, God lives within us. There's all these aspects of our identity in the gospel, Mm -hmm. right? As children of God. So... And all of that is given to us by God for his glory. None of this is even about us, which should cause us to be humbled, grateful, great, like thankful. And that's actually what gives us confidence because it's God himself who lives in us and works through us. Does that make sense? Nope. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, man, that's pretty good. Um, okay, next topic. <laughs> Trick or treat. Mm. gonna be about halloween it's <laughs> too obvious i know but uh lately i feel like you've been not so clever let's see <laughs> i'll take it good <laughs> it's about trick-or-treat yeah, i knew it i knew it i'm like i knew it we've we've talked about halloween before but since it's coming up this weekend i just wanted to mm. to hit on it because i've actually it's come up a lot in conversation yeah. recently 
Um, I know a lot of Christians decide not to, mm-hmm. you know, I guess, I don't know if Christians are actually celebrating Halloween. Right. <laughs> They're going trick-or-treating. Yeah. So how do we view that as Christians mm-hmm. as far as, okay, it's this pagan sure. holiday that I, I don't really even know its roots, to be honest. But Yeah. I mean, the roots of Do we of care? It. Do we know? Do you know? I mean... The, the a lot of the things that are around this kind of day of the dead or whatever celebration we should reject you know and a lot of it's celebrating death i, I was talking with my kids about this because they were asking like about it and i said you know anything that is celebrating sin we need to reject so that's why we don't put out skeletons and you know do all the scary movies we're not going to do that right but there are certain aspects that can be redeemed, you know, and so, you know, our family, it's okay to dress up as a superhero or a Pokemon, which is what, or, or Hudson's, he got that outfit where it looks like he's riding a dinosaur, <laughs> like a blow up, one of those oh, blow yeah. up deals, you know, good. and he's just having fun with it, playing make believe and walking around and getting candy from neighbors and like, that's cool. You know, it's just, it's just a communal thing. But we're not going to acknowledge or celebrate any of the aspects of it that are celebrating death or sin, mm-hmm. you know. But I would also say, you know, I feel okay in my conscience to do that. You know, some of that's we got to follow Romans 14 where it talks about, the you know, you should only, <clears throat> only do what you can do in faith. Right. So if you can't do that in faith, meaning like, you can't, um, like, if you feel a conviction not to celebrate at all, then you shouldn't, you know, and that's okay too, mm-hmm. right? Like, I'm not saying what my family's doing is what every Christian should do. You should think through it biblically and then do what you can do in faith. So that's my advice. Which is kind of the idea behind the trunk or treat a lot of churches do. Right. Right, they try to redeem it right. by having a, a celebration away from all of the you know negative aspects right. of halloween so that would be a, a good response yeah i think that's i mean obviously we think that's fine we're doing it at our church um but i'm just also saying for the families who they feel like you know what we don't want to celebrate it at all we just want to distance ourselves from it all together i don't think that's wrong either you know that's so i'm just encouraging like don't look at your brother who says I can't even I don't even want to partake in it at all as like being too you know too hardcore or whatever like respect right. that just like you want them to respect but for that person you know, maybe the to take it too far would be legalistic you know as if you're you have <clears throat> you have to stay home and not celebrate yeah the legalism there would be saying like everybody who does trunk or treat or like goes and gets candy is in sin because is associated with certain things, you know, like, right. So we got to be careful with that. But, but once again, we got to think through that. I do think it's sinful for us to celebrate, uh, things that are associated with sin. Right. I think we can all agree on that. Yeah. And so to, to go all out and, um, put skeletons everywhere and, and, you know, the things that are associated with that, like, I don't know. I would I would have an issue with that person. Like, I, I, I think you're um you're at a loss for words here. Bro. Yeah, I'm just like trying I think to. Think you really through. don't have that much else to say about it. <laughs> well, I'm trying not it's to be miracle. like 
I'm trying not to be like, uh, I don't want to be heavy handed or necessarily like, I'm trying not to be legalist. I'm trying to just give principles to guide. So great principles. Yeah. Just don't, uh, I feel guided. Don't celebrate sin. Um, there you go. All right. Let's get into our topic. Our topic tonight is, um, about people changing. Yeah. I told you down there earlier, I don't think people actually ever change. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I say that because obviously people change. I, I observe this. Mm-hmm. I observe I've changed in a lot of the ways I think. Well, let's start how you started out. Cause I think that'd be good for everybody to, to process. Cause some people may feel like you. Whereas your first statement to me was, I don't think anybody, I haven't changed at all. <laughs> That's what you said. Right. <laughs> Which is totally not true. And you pointed out all these ways I have changed since <laughs> you met me. And I have. Yeah. I've changed in my behaviors, yeah. but I still feel like the same person right. on the inside. So let's define what we mean by change, right? Let's define what we don't mean first. Because... I think what you were trying to say is like you haven't changed in some of your natural giftings or or desires. Would that be fair? Like you're still kind of a bull in a china shop sometimes. Oh yeah, you own that. You still run into the fire and worry about how to put it out later. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, what other ways? I've literally done that. Before. What ways have you? Let's. This will be a fun exercise. What ways have you not changed in your eyes? Let me not put words in your mouth. You tell me. Oh gosh, that's a that's a hard question because I'm just gonna have to divulge all my deepest darkest sins. I mean, I mean, like um, in terms of maybe personality traits or giftings. Let's let's say that. I don't know, like the way that I think. Like okay, um, like what? Like I said, this is you're, you're gonna hear all the most negative parts of me. Hey, come on. <laughs> I'm very critical of people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm overly critical. I've always been like that. Um, yeah. I'm a rebel. I don't like following rules. Mm-hmm. Um, like I still feel this. Okay, here's a good, yeah. I think, case study. Is that I've always been a rebel. Mm-hmm. And my mouth has always gotten me in trouble, which is funny. I have a podcast and I haven't really gotten in too much trouble with this podcast. Because we're doing it together. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, to go back to what I just said, um, I've always rejected rules just that are just placed on me with, yeah. like, for no good reason. Mm-hmm. Like, I haven't, the only time I ever wear, wore a mask in the past mm-hmm. 18 months was when I was at campus because I don't want to get kicked off the campus because I'm trying to share the gospel there, right? Right. Even then, I never put it above my nose. <laughs> <laughs> Still a little bit of rebel in you. <laughs> um, now, I have, I follow any rules mm-hmm. that I see in scripture and have been convicted with. It yeah. becomes very serious to me. Mm-hmm. And I follow those rules. Mm-hmm. But the rules that I don't follow are the ones that don't have a biblical backing mm-hmm. or I just don't agree with or just kind of made up mm-hmm. on the spot. You know, traditions and stuff like that. Like, I yeah. don't, I don't really adapt to those things yeah. very well. I never have. And I think people still see me as as that. Mm-hmm. But they don't understand. Like inside, I actually take rules very seriously that come from God. Mm-hmm. So You're a risk taker. Yeah. That's still true of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you still have curly hair. Yeah, I got a poodle fro. <laughs> yeah. Well, but it's changed a little bit. We got we got the... Yeah, I got the faux hawk now. Faux hawk poodle fro. Yeah. 
Got my college campus cut. Yeah. You still have giant hands. Yep. You know. Well, obviously, physical features hadn't changed. Sure. Still got rock hard abs. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, we're lying on the podcast now. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, that was a lie. <laughs> but I bring up those things to try to make a point. We have to define, like people do change. It is possible to change. But only certain things change, right? Well, let me clarify before you get into that. When I used to say change or when I think of change, I think I'm going to become a different person Mm -hmm. like you look at a leader in an area that you're interested in you're like one day i'm gonna be like that guy if i do what he did Mm -hmm. you know i'm gonna i'm gonna wake up early i'm gonna do my work like i'm gonna have a work ethic like him i'm gonna do all these things like him and then i'm gonna be just like him Mm -hmm. right like that's why we have role models and heroes and all that stuff right and i think a, a false sense of change or a false reality of change one that the world i think a lot of times defines as change is becoming someone you're not or becoming something different right. than, than who you're created to be mm-hmm. so like for for instance i use i use a ridiculous thing to prove my point but like i'm never going to be taller than five nine mm-hmm. right no matter what i do no matter what thing i take well, you fix your posture you might get five ten maybe all right so uh, get on a, You're never going to be six foot, though. Get on a table and somebody stretch me out. Maybe I'll get a little bit more, right? But, yeah, I'm never going to be 6'10". <laughs> it's just impossible. Right. Right. And I say that ridiculously because I think You're a lot of times... You're probably never going to be a rapper. But I think a lot of times that there's a delusional sense of change. Like, I'm going to get out of this situation. I'm going to be whatever I see is like what, I, what I'm supposed to, or what I think's great. Yeah. Right? That may not be possible. Well, I mean, right. even as Christians, we do this like, okay, I'm reading the Bible now. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to be holy like that guy. Right. Like, that guy on stage who's preaching. Like, I'm going to be just like that guy. Mm-hmm. But God's, after, you know, years and years and years go by and you're like, well, I'm mm-hmm. still not that guy. Like, what's, right. what's going on here? I'm still the same guy. But what should be, what does change is our hearts, who we are in character if we're in Christ, right? So we just talked about that earlier and take it or leave it, but obviously without Christ, we're all sinful and and we don't have any choice but to pursue our flesh, right? And to pursue the things of the world and, and pursue sin. But in Christ, there's all kinds of hope for change, right? And change in the ways that God promises, which means growing in godly character and being transformed and conformed to the image of his son. That's change that is promised and that we actually have biblical uh, examples and prescription of how to change, right? Ephesians 4, put off the old, renew our minds and what's true, and put on the things of God, right? Put on what's right, what's right. glorifying to Become God. Become like Christ. Exactly. Which in that, it, mm-hmm. it makes you feel like, okay, I'm going to, Right. Be some I'm gonna be like whatever your idea of who Jesus the person was who walked mm-hmm. on this earth, you think I'm gonna be like that guy. Right. So that sh- that is the expectation of change that every Christian should have, and that's the hope for change. That we can all glorify God, grow in the image of Christ, 
be sanctified in the truth, be set apart and holy, continue to be progressively sanctified, right? As we repent of sin, renew our mind in what's true, and put on the righteousness of God that's laid out for us in Scripture. That's not only a hope of change, it's an expectation of it. If you're in Christ and you're reading the, the Word of God and you're repenting of sin and growing in your knowledge of the truth, you have to change, mm-hmm. right? Because you have the Holy Spirit of God inside of you, and His job is to help us agree with and conform to God's Word, yeah, and become and be transformed in the image of His Son. Mm-hmm. So that's an expectation of change that should happen and will happen as we are faithful to the Lord, and more and primarily through uh, the renewing of the mind in believing the truth and having faith in the truth and walking it out. Right. Um, so change happens in the heart and primarily through belief, right? Because that's what we see. All throughout Scripture, that's what God tells us to do. He reminds us of his promises and he tells us to meditate on his truth. Mm-hmm. You can go down the line. You can go to Joshua chapter 1, right, where he tells Joshua to to be courageous. How? Remember I'm with you. Remember my promises. Meditate on the law. Yeah. Trust that I'm with you, right? Through belief. Psalm 1, right? Blessed is the man who doesn't walk in the way of sinners, essentially. He's got three different scoffers, whatever, but who meditates on the law of the Lord day and night. You want me to sing the song to help you remember? Do it. Do it. I'm trying to like <laughs> think ahead of what I'm about to say, so fill in the blanks for me. But meditate on, on my law day and night, right? Who loves the word of God. He's going to be like a tree planted by streams of water. That guy's going to look like this stable, steady, robust tree by the streams of water representing the Word of God and the Mm -hmm. Spirit of God who yields its fruit in season, right? Like that's what a righteous man looks like. That's a promise, right, right, of of change. You go into the New Testament, renew your mind all over the place. As I said, Ephesians 4, Romans Romans 12 12, too. I mean, we we can go on down the line. There's many more places, but it's all over Scripture. God's prescription for change. Proverbs 1, 7. Right. God's prescription for change is through belief, through trusting him and trusting his word. And so the word that people hate around in the church world these days is the word doctrine. But that is the place where we change as we grow in understanding the truths of God's word, which is what doctrine is. Yeah. It's just the organized ideas and teachings of scripture. Right. When you understand correct doctrine, correct truth, and obey it, you change, right? That's what happens. That's, that's what repentance is, putting off what you used to think is right, which was usually worldly and fleshly, renewing your mind in what's true, taking, you know, believing in and understanding the truths of God's word and doctrine and walking it out in faith, you change. You become more and more like Jesus. Well, I think that's what, what I realize is that change is subtle. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't feel any different because the only thing that's really changed is you have n- more knowledge, mm-hmm. which is the doctrine mm-hmm. that's come into your mind and you've accepted it, mm-hmm. meaning believed it right. at a heart level. And it becomes this conviction right. that you're now living from. Right. So you're living from this new conviction mm-hmm. That was really just given to you, not, I mean, it was supernatural because it came from the word, which is mm-hmm. from the spirit of God, but it, it's just information mm-hmm. that you take in your brain, just like any other information. Right. 
And so you get this new information by God's providence and his grace. You accept it and believe it. Mm -hmm. First of all, your eyes were open to it. Mm -hmm. Then you you receive it. And now you're living out from this new place. And you're like, I mean, I'm not doing anything different. You're still making decisions the same way. That's the you. The you is how you like make decisions, you know, Mm -hmm. but you're making decisions with a different operating system. Right. And so it feels the same. But it also is extremely different. We get a lot of different results. Well, not only that, but the fruits of the Spirit grow, like the emotions of the Spirit grow too, like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, right? Like those things grow within you. Like that's where I was telling you, and you're completely different from the guy I met three years ago, right? You in your head still recognize a lot of the similarities of who you were. But your character is completely different. Your maturity is completely different. Your understanding of the word is completely different. Your how you respond to situations is completely different, right? Like you've you've changed a lot. Yeah, right. But it's still my mind responding to those situations, right? Just my mind has been transformed, right? Which is completely different. Which is I say that, but it sounds like I'm over spiritualizing when I say it's been transformed, mm-hmm. but. All I mean, I'm just reiterating, is that it's just thinking mm-hmm. from a different worldview. Right. You, or you could say it's a different operating system, like it's a different belief set that right. you have. Right. Um, but the you that's thinking mm-hmm. is the same you. So it's just like... Right, you know. but a transformed version of you. Because right. that's the part, the second part of this that we talked about is there's certain aspects that won't change, but they'll be repurposed and enhanced by the gospel. Because God created you from the beginning, even when you were were darkened in your thoughts and when you were sinful. Like He still created man in his image for the purpose of glorifying him, even, in, even when you were rejecting him, that was true. Who he made you to be, who he created Josh to be, um, is still who he created for his purposes. So what I mean by that is, that risk taking like the dreaming desire the risk taking the the wanting to lead to grow like some of those natural gifts and talents that he gave you are now being enhanced in purpose for the advancement of God's kingdom so the same thing that drove you to want to be a navy seal is the same thing that now in Christ drove you to take the risk of starting campus outreach on southeastern's campus right and what i mean by that too like I'm not you and you're not me. And that's a good thing. So sometimes even in the church, we can look at certain leaders in the church, the preacher or somebody like that and say, well, I can never be him. Like I'm not as spiritual as him. And that's a false statement because how spiritual you are is based on the truth of God's word. Your character should be as spiritual as your pastor as you grow we all should strive for those qualifications of elder and deacon that are in First uh, Timothy three and in Titus one, right? We should all like that's godly character that we should all be growing in, right? So we, the the thought that I can't be just as spiritual as the next guy is a false reality. All of us should be being transformed to the image of Christ and growing in godly character. Mm-hmm. But what is true is I shouldn't want to have your same gifts and talents because I'm given my own. And the Bible talks about that too. And, and, um, 
Second Corinthians 12. One body, many gifts. Right. Many different gifts. And we even see this with Jesus and his disciples at the end of John, uh, chapter 21, when he tells Peter to feed my sheep and, and he tells him at the end that your hands will be stretched out, like basically predicting his death, right? Right. And then he immediately turns and says, well, what about him talking about John? And Jesus basically says, like, don't worry about him. Like, I have what I have for him and yeah, I have what I have for you. if he stays alive till I come back, what's it to you? Exactly. So we shouldn't try to be like the other the other people in the church. I should, I should look at the gifts that God's given me and use them for his kingdom in the body of Christ to be a full body, right? So... So for me, my natural gifts, you know, we share similarities in like risk taking and being a dreamer, but, but my personality is a little bit more laid back or I'm more observant or whatever, you know, and that's used for what I do with counseling or different things. And I don't need to be you and you don't need to be me. And together we strengthen the body and we make it multifaceted for the glory of God instead of everybody trying to fit into some sort of like Christian hole that we think it should be, yeah. you know, whatever. Like everybody should be a preacher. If you're a strong Christian, then that means you need to be a, a preacher. Or I think we have this idea of what holiness looks like. Right. And it's like, you know, whoever it is, like growing up, you just thought someone was really right. holy and say, oh, I got to be like that person. Mm-hmm. But you'll just see right. as your mind is transformed yeah. and renewed by the gospel, right. by scripture, you will start finding your not your own holiness but you know what i'm saying like well your holiness should be defined by scripture right like all of us should strive for the same type of holiness as defined by god right but as far as how we're utilized in the body we should see that as also ordained by god mm-hmm. so how i'm naturally wired and gifted i should be seeking how can i honor god glorify god and serve the body in the way i'm gifted and wired right, right. Not, I need to be like the next guy or the next girl, mm-hmm. right? That's what makes, it's actually, in the kingdom of God, diversity actually thrives and creativity thrives, mm-hmm. right? The world actually is very reductionistic and reduces things and takes away creativity and takes away. Um, right, there's only one path to success in the world. Right. Like you got to be like, if you want to be a successful business owner and you want to have a lot of money, you right. got to be like this guy. Right, you got to look like this or do this, or you got to be just like Elon Musk. Right, or if you want to be attractive, you know, I know for males and females, like they're, I got to look like this guy with six pack abs and you know look like a superhero in, in the movies, or I need to look like this girl and this pinup model, like. It reduces down like this is what attractiveness looks like and everything else is ugly and you got to get to that. Yeah. Whereas that's not true at all. Like, man, there's, there's beauty in all kinds of shapes and sizes in the body of Christ and like, like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and I'm using those examples, but that's how the body should work. Like, man, like some people, you know, some guy, his talent may be like, man, I just love to serve and I love to work with my hands and, I'm going to sweep up the floors and mow the grass and to the glory of God. And I'm going to serve the church that way. That's just as important as the person preaching the word. And that sounds crazy. But this weekend at the men's retreat, Don Roy, he gave that example of when they put the first man on the moon. I was trying to remember where I heard that. That was was such a good example because everybody understood like in NASA when they were doing that, like, 
everybody was working towards putting the man on the moon. So if you went up to the janitor who's sweeping the floors and asked him what his job was, he would say, I'm putting a man on the moon. Yeah. Because he saw he's contributing to that from the astronaut down to the person sweeping the floor. Everybody was cohesively working towards a goal of putting a man on the moon. Mm -hmm. How much more should that be true in the church when we are serving the body and we, our job is to glorify God and we're advancing God's kingdom and we're advancing the gospel and we're trying to see as many people come to know Christ as possible. And every, from the person who sweeps the floors and cleans up the kids' rooms so that, so that ministry can happen on Sunday to the person who's running the screens so that the, the points and the words come up to the, and they do the words like, to, like right before you even <laughs> sing it and it's just like the perfect time. Right. To, you know, to the greeter, to the, I mean, just everybody is working to create a, a worship experience on a Sunday morning, right? Yeah. To, to glorify God and to get his word out. Like that's how we should think about it. Or throughout the week, we're having friends over, neighbors over, we're hanging out at the gym or our workplace and we're building friendships and we're sharing the gospel. We're being, a, we're all called to be ambassadors for Christ and and different in different ways utilizing our gifts you know for the guy who i just love to mow yards like you might go mow mow a neighbor's yard and get in a conversation to the person who you know just in every way using your unique unique gifts and talents and thinking of that as i'm advancing the kingdom of god like that's my job yeah in life like if i'm in a secular job this is this is the platform i have to and this is my ministry field right like just if we would think that way which we should Man, that's how God's kingdom gets advanced through faithful servants. One kind of to bring it all full circle, am I enough? Mm-hmm. You are in Christ for what he has prepared for you. Exactly. So now the the art is finding what has he prepared you for right. specifically, right? right? Like obviously you are a child of God and that I mean there's no greater purpose right. than that. And you find your, him in your own life. And you find your specific calling as you obey the general calling. Yeah. When you obey the basic commands of renewing your mind, being faithful, repenting of sin, learning to share your faith, discipling, being making disciples, being discipled. That's that's the call to every Christian. Yeah, your priority can't be, okay, I need to go find a purpose right. specifically. You need to right. be drawn to the scriptures and, right. and to Christ himself to treasure him. Right. And then from there, and you're satisfied in him, now you're ready to to right. start laboring in a specific way. And that's fluid. That's not compartmentalized, meaning no, man, it's they, linear. they happen at the same time. So God, as you're being faithful to the Lord and seeking just to glorify him and, and you're you're doing the things that scripture tell you to do. If you're a husband, you're leading your family. If you're, you know... You're, you're doing, you're obeying the commands of scripture that are to all Christians, right? to love the church, to serve the church, to do these different things. And through doing those things, God directs and guides you through. Yeah, he's not wasting things. parts of your life just so he can get you to this, like, this, uh, specific role mm-hmm. within a church on a staff or on a, right. even as a volunteer, wherever you're at. Like you can glorify him right. in that specific mm-hmm. role through the obedience right. to the general call, like you were saying. And that's where Matthew six thirty three comes in. Like, seek first my kingdom, my righteousness, all else will be added to you. It's our every day. It's waking up and being faithful today to seek first his kingdom first, glorify God first, serve serve others first, thinking through that intentionally, and 
he will guide you through different ways of just conviction or putting a passion in your heart or you seeing a need that you can't help but feel and and he providentially works you through what he has for you you don't have to like wait for some special calling to then i'm gonna be this faithful person of god it doesn't work like that it works as you're faithful he directs you Mm -hmm. that's how it works that's good um i'm reading paul tripp's book lead Mm -hmm. and uh he has a chapter on achievement Mm -hmm. and uh, he's talking about um we need culture in a church that can really support the freedom to confess Mm -hmm. the freedom to fail the freedom to um just be weak Mm -hmm. in an area um a lot of churches and just organizations don't have that culture because it's so performance based. Mm -hmm. But what's so unfortunate about the unhealthy side of that is that you're chained down to this idea of performance Mm -hmm. based on having to fit a mold, but freedom through the gospel really unchains that performance. You can now perform. You can now be who, who you were created to be in Christ because of the gospel because yes, you, now you can confess mm-hmm. sin and weakness. And you can actually be honest with yourself because right. you're not afraid of the outcome. Right. Humility brings freedom and and humility is actually where confidence comes from because you're trusting the Lord to work through you and you know, he's able to do whatever he wants mm-hmm. to with you. It's not about you. Pride is where insecurity lies Yeah, and holds you back. So yeah, it frees you to, it's a paradox to be faithful. Right. Absolutely. All right. So we'll name it. The paradox of humility. Ooh, Ooh. I like it. All right. <laughs> so deep. Yeah. Basically, the answer is the gospel. <laughs> the gospel. Okay, I think that's all we got for tonight. All right. I hope it's helpful. Thanks for listening. Later. Later. Thank you for listening to the Change Up Podcast. This podcast is made possible by The Field Church in Mandeville, Louisiana. If you don't have a home church, please come check us out. We have service times at 845 and 1045 on Sundays. And you can find more information at thefieldnola.com. If you found this podcast to be helpful, please share it with a friend or family member and rate and review on Apple Podcasts. This helps other people just like you find us.